God's word. So thank you, Pastor Agus. Thank you, Pastor Ruth, and all the leadership team uh, to invite me to preach this week. Uh, my name is Tanwin Tanoto. I'm the co-pastor at Hurstville Church of Christ. It's a, it's a small church in uh, inner West Sydney. Um, so it's a shame I cannot be there in person, but hopefully things are getting better soon. So I you know, I can visit your lovely church again. Um, so today, we're looking at John 7. We're continuing on this series in the book of John. Uh, John 7, uh, this is a story of Jesus' early ministry days. So when he was asking, uh, he, was, he was asked by his brothers to visit um, the festival of Tabernacle in Judea. Um, so his brothers, his half-brothers, uh, urged Jesus to go. Like, this is your chance to be known publicly, you know, not just privately. So it, it, it says in, in verse 3, um, the brothers urge Jesus so that your disciples also may see the works you're doing. Um, and verse 4 says, show yourself to the world. So this is the, the, the moment, the shift from Jesus' ministry from, you know, a little private to be more public. And he was urged by his half-brothers. Well, Jesus did go, um, and only after his brothers went first. But he went not publicly like his brother asked, but he went pri uh, privately. Um, at that time, words were beginning to spread about Jesus. A lot more people heard about Jesus. A lot of people heard about his teaching. A lot of people have seen or heard about his miracles. So... There's a buzz among the Jews, you know. Who is this Jesus? And, and you see, like, where is he? Where is this Jesus? We want to know. We want to hear his teaching. We want to uh, uh, see his miracles. And, and like any prominent figure, there were a lot of opinions about Jesus. You know, as we read, um, some say that he's a good man. Right? Some say he's uh, a false teacher. Who is Jesus, really? Well, that same question is still being debated even today, 2,000 years later. Who is Jesus? Is he simply a good teacher? Or is he like many before him, you know, just a simple prophet? Is he a good man? Or is he the biggest fraud in history that led millions of people astray? Who is Jesus. He answers this question himself by showing the authority that he has through his teaching. And that's the focus of our topic today. So the title of my sermon today is Knowing Jesus Through His Teaching. Today we're looking at um, chapter 7 from 14 to 25. So we're going to look at how Jesus answers that question. The question of who he is by showing people the authority of his teaching. Today, we're going to answer that question, who is Jesus according to his teaching, through three different things. First, through the source of his teaching. Second, through the validity of his teaching. And third, through the impact of his teaching. So first, the source, the validity and impact of his teaching. Let's unpack the first one, the source of Jesus' teaching. 
So in John 7, verse 14 and 16 says, Not only halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having been taught? And note what Jesus answered. Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. You know, the Jews in Judea, back in, in Jesus' time, uh, they have, uh, it was fun. well, anyway, the Jews in Judea finally heard Jesus' teaching, right? When they heard it, they were amazed. Where did he get such learning? Isn't he just a carpenter's son? No, he's an unlearned man. He never learned under any, any rabbi. He never gone to school or whatever. For the Jews... Right? This is a big question. How can he know so much without being taught? Because for the Jews, the authorized source of teaching is through learning. The authorized source for the Jews back then is through learning. So for centuries, the, the Jews have this rabbinical system where learning is passed down. So from, from, from one rabbi to another, from one teacher to another, they would open the Torah, the Old Testament, uh, and a rabbi, a learned scholar, would teach their disciples about God's word, about the Torah. And then the, the, that disciples would learn and become a rabbi and then teach the Torah to their disciples. So, uh, so it, it's a, a teacher never have, uh, never teaches his own teaching. It's always passed down from one rabbi to another or from one teacher to another and so on and so forth. So for the Jews... There are two essential components to teaching. Number one is the Torah itself, God's word, in that case, the Old Testament. God's word itself. And the second component that is crucial as well is a rabbi, another learned person. And if you remove one of them, it's not a valid teaching. So if you remove the Torah from, from the, that learning atmosphere, that's not valid. And if you remove... Um, the rabbi from that as well is not a valid teaching. So their question to Jesus is valid. How did this man learn so much without being taught? And that's what makes this whole thing controversial. Because in regards to Jesus' teaching, it's missing that second component. It's missing a rabbi having taught Jesus. Because he learned it not from a rabbi. That's why they are questioning Jesus' teaching. Like, okay, here you are teaching, but where does this get, come from? You know, where do you get your teaching from? So, well, Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. So Jesus is saying, just like, you know, your rabbis are not teaching their own teaching, I'm also not teaching my own teaching, right? My, my teaching is not my own, right? It's valid. You know, you have a valid concern. I'm, I'm, I'm told to you that, you know, it, it's, not, it's not my own teaching. Same like your rabbis. They're not the, their, their teachings. But my source of teaching is different from yours. My source of teaching, your teaching comes from rabbis that came before you. But my teaching comes from the one that sent me. My teaching comes straight from God. You know, friends, we live in, in what is called the knowledge economy. 
where we are flooded with information and knowledge. And people pay for ideas and information. You know, things like TED Talks are so prevalent now. You know, but with this flood of information, we are getting confused on which one to trust. Let's take COVID, for example. The problem is not just the virus, right? The problem is the misinformation about the virus. There's a lot of information, a lot of people saying things about the virus, but we just don't know which information to trust. Is it from the people who speaks the loudest? Should we trust that guy that speaks the loudest? Or should we follow the masses, you know, the, the, the information that a lot of people follow or trust? Is that, is that how we judge the trustworthiness of information? Well, the authority of a piece of information does not come from loudness or majority, but it comes from the source. If the source is authoritative, if the source is trustworthy, then the information is trustworthy. Jesus says, my teaching comes from the one who sent me. It does not come from anyone else, apart from God the Father. Now, this means a few things. It shows that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one that is prophesied a long time ago that will be sent by God for you and me. He is truly the one sent by God. And the second thing is, it, it, this proves is not only that he's sent by God, but Jesus himself is God. He is God incarnate. Although he said his message is not his own, he's, he's, he teaches with such authority that it is his own message. Because Jesus is not only the messenger, Jesus is also the message. Jesus is not only bringing the good news, but Jesus is the good news. Jesus is the word that became flesh. He is the Logos himself. He is the divine God that became man. You know, if, if you look at the Bible, all other uh, prophets, they speak, they, 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 they speak prefixed their message with this, thus says the Lord. You know, when we read all the Old Testament, we say, oh, that says the Lord, before there's a judgment or the message of hope. And there's always this prefix, that says the Lord. The Lord says so. Because their message, although their message comes from God, they, they're not God. So they say, always say, that says the Lord. Because they're not God themselves. They are just God's spokespersons. But with Jesus, it's different. With Jesus, every time he teaches, he doesn't say, thus says the Lord. He says, truly, truly, I say to you. Or he says, you've heard it said, but I say to you. Because not only that Jesus comes from God, that his teaching is from God, but Jesus himself is the Logos. He is the word of God that incarnate become human being. That's why he has the authority to say, now I say to you, truly, truly, I say to you. He doesn't need the prefix, does says the Lord, because he himself is Lord. 
So by revealing the source of his teaching, Jesus is showing us that Jesus is the prophesied Messiah. He was the one who came from God, being sent by God for us. And Jesus is also Logos himself. Unlike the other prophets, he speaks in his own authority because he is the message. Jesus is the good news. Christ is the gospel. The second thing that Jesus reveals about himself through his teaching is by showing the validity of his teachings. Because no matter how good your teaching is, your teaching is if it's not valid, then it's useless, right? If it's not valid, then who cares about uh, the information or the message? And verse 17 says, Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God. In other words, his teaching is the same as God's will. There's no contradiction between Jesus' teaching with the will of God because Jesus is teaching the will of God and the will of God is articulated in Jesus' teaching. They are one and the same. So that's the validity of Jesus' teaching. It is the same as the will of God. You know, for those, Jesus is saying, if, for those who are doing the will of God, they will testify that I'm, uh, this is not, this, this comes from God. So Jesus' teaching is valid because he is teaching the will of God. You know, a lot of people have some ideas uh, about how to live this life, right? Uh, you have doctors uh, to tell you how you should eat. You have financial planners to, to give you advice on your finances. finances. Your parents uh, to tell you how, who you should marry, for example. And, and after that, you have counselors to help you in your marriage. You have a lot of people telling you, or at least they have some ideas on how to live your life. We have a lot of people telling us how we should live. Some of them are good, some of them bad. Some of them work, some of them don't. But Jesus' teaching is different, okay? Because Jesus doesn't teach because it works. It works because the teaching comes from Jesus. The proof is in the action. The proof of his teaching that it works when you do them, right? You see, if anyone knows how to live life well, is Jesus. If anyone knows what it means to be truly and fully human, it's Jesus. If anyone knows how life works, it's Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't only live out our lives, He created our lives. He is the creator of all things. He is the creator of human life. He is the creator of human beings. He is the creator. He knows how it should work. Right? If you, don't, if you pick up a, a piece of gadget, if you don't know how it works, you go to the manufacturer, you, you look at the manual, you, 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 you consult the manual and see how it should work properly. Well, you and I are made by God. You and I are made by the hands of, and words of Jesus. If anyone knows how to live our life, it is Jesus. Because Jesus came not only to redeem us, but he came to show us how a full humanness looked like. He lived fully as a human being, but he did not sin. And that's truly a full humanness 
when you can live full in full, but you do not sin. Of course, we cannot do that. You and I can never do that. No matter how much money we have, no matter how, how great all relationships, your relationship is, you, we, we cannot live a full human life because we still sin. There's sin in us and there's sin in the world. But Jesus is showing this is what full human life looks like because he is the only one that lived as human being because he is 100% human. But yet he did not sin because he is also 100% God. So what I'm saying is Jesus didn't only come to redeem us, but he shows, he comes to show, guys, this is what abundant life looks like. This is the life I'm giving you. This is the life of a human being as I meant it back then. You know, we have all tried to achieve this full humanness by getting good education, to get a good career, to gather a lot of wealth, to get a comfortable life. Well, there's one problem with that life. That is not the abundant life that Jesus talks about. Because there is no way we live that life to the full. Because that life is marked by sin. John 17 verse 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life. What is eternal life? That they know you. Eternal life is knowing God. True life is knowing God. Eternal life is knowing God. And the only way to know God is through Jesus Christ. Because He is the image of the invisible God. Life is not about what you have. But full life is all about who you know. In this case, God through Jesus Christ. This is eternal life, that you may know God and Jesus. So through the validity of his teaching, Jesus is showing that he is 100% human. He's showing how life is meant to, to be lived because he has lived that full life. And he's also showing that he is 100% God. He is fully man and fully God because he is the only one who lived his life without sin. And he's showing us a glimpse of what abundant life really looks like. Um, the third thing that Jesus reveals about himself through his teaching is through the impact of his teaching. The impact of his teaching. Um, you know, others, other people's teaching, they may improve human life. They contribute to society, contribute to community, contribute to humanity. Uh, but the impact of Jesus' teaching is much more than that. It doesn't only improve our lives when we do what, we, what, what Jesus teaches, but the impact of Jesus' teaching is in the glorification of God. Verse 18 says, Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Since Jesus is sent from God, the impact of his teaching is not just the flourishing of human life, 
But the goal, the impact of his teaching is the glorification of God. Jesus is sent from God to glorify God. The Jews, um, they take the law as merely rules to follow. Rules to follow so they can be blessed, right? But Jesus' teaching is much more than that. He doesn't teach just so we can thrive, although we can. We follow his teaching so we can thrive. But he teaches to glorify God. And by glorifying God, it shows that Jesus is a man of truth. He says, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. Of course, he's referring to himself. Jesus, here is the thing. Jesus doesn't only teach the truth. A lot of people can do that. Your teachers can do that. Your pastors can do that. But he is the truth. Religion is full of men and women who know the truth or claim to know the truth. Right, people that say, oh yeah, I know how to get eternal life. I can show you how to get eternal life. Or I know how to get, how to get rid of pain and suffering. Or I know the way. Trust me, I know where to find truth. I know where to find uh, eternal life. I know how to find blessed life. I know how to remove suffering. But only Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. Other people can claim they know the way and the truth and the life. But only Jesus says, I am the truth. So what does this mean? This means that when you come to Jesus in your thirst, Jesus doesn't only give you a map to a spring, but Jesus gives himself because he is the living water. When you come to Jesus in your hunger, Jesus doesn't only point to where you can get bread. A lot of people can do that. But Jesus gives himself because he is the bread of life. And when you come to Jesus in your weariness, when you're tired, when you're fed up with everything, you know, Jesus doesn't only take you to a bed, but Jesus gives himself because he is the true Sabbath. He is our rest. When Jesus comes, when you, sorry, when you come to Jesus in your pain and suffering, Jesus doesn't show you the right doctor, but Jesus has given himself on the cross because he is the resurrection and the life. Too many people come to Jesus to get something else. Jesus has become a stepping stone to our wealth, to our health, to our blessed life. But that's missing the point. That's missing Jesus entirely. Using Jesus to get something else is like using a huge diamond. You take a huge diamond and use it as a stepping stone to get a little pebble. It doesn't make sense. When you, you don't use Jesus to get a better life because Jesus is life. Friends, 
We know when you know Jesus, that's when you get eternal life. Eternal life is knowing Jesus because Jesus is life itself. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is everything. See, no wonder Jesus was controversial. He is still controversial now. Friends, today we see how through his teaching, Jesus is revealing who he really is. Through the source of his teaching, we see that Jesus is the promised Messiah sent by God. And through the validity of his teaching, we see that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And through the teaching, the impact of his teaching, we see that Jesus is the truth. The question now is, which Jesus do you believe in? Who is Jesus? That's the question that we ask in verse 12. Where is Jesus? Is he a good man? Or is he a fraud that keeps leading people astray? The answer, neither. He is neither just a good man, nor he is a fraud. If we jumped to verse 24, Jesus says, Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Jesus is inviting you and, my, and I to judge him correctly. Who is Jesus to you? Who, which Jesus do you believe in? Is he just a good teacher that, that gives good moral lessons? Or is he just a stepping stone for you to reach your dream life? Is he just a part of your Sunday? You go to church, sing a few songs, but then you leave him in the back through, uh, on Monday through Saturday? Or is he truly the Messiah that God sends for you? Is he the true son of God that lived and died so you can be with God? Is he the absolute truth which in him there's no deceit, there's no lie, there's no deception. Friends, you might have been coming to church for a long time, like myself. But even then, you can still see the wrong Jesus or you can worship the wrong Jesus. Jesus is inviting you now to know the real Jesus. The Jesus that he himself revealed through his teaching. I encourage you, as you read through the Bible, as this series goes on, as you go in the, your walk with Jesus, that you might know the real Jesus through His teaching, through His church, through everything that, go, that is going on in your life, that He is the prophesied Messiah from God, that He is God Himself, the Logos, the Word, that He is the truth. May you know true Jesus in your daily life. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for today as we celebrate your goodness among your people. Thank you that you keep speaking to us through your word. Thank you for revealing who Jesus truly is. And we thank you for inviting us to know you through Jesus. I pray that as you go about our daily lives, we may, we may come to know you more and more, that the reality of Jesus becomes so evident, even through the smallest things, so that we understand what eternal life is. That is to know you 
and to know Jesus Christ whom you sent and that eternal life can begin today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.